Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Awesome. Okay, so I was just starting to say, uh, when Dave was talking about the cornerstone, we were singing this song, uh, Cornerstone, and all the things about foundation. And I think one of the most important things for us to understand is we're, we are not the foundation for our life. Because if we trust ourselves to be the foundation, it's going to crumble. And the fact that Jesus is the cornerstone is something we have to place high value on. And so I so appreciate what he does for each one of us. This morning, you're going to see a series of video clips. We did three testimonial videos from three people in our church that were kind enough to sit down with me and uh, answer some questions and be a little vulnerable. So they're part of, we're all family here. Rising above adversity. And, you know, we all go through it. We've talked about this for several weeks and, and God has done some incredible things in, in the lives of people through this. So I wanna do this and I've divided those clips up into three, three segments. So you'll hear from each one and then you'll hear from each one three times. Basically, they're going to talk about adversity that they faced in their life. And then uh, a section will be on keys that help them through the adversity. And then the final one is how they grew through that adversity. So we're gonna have an opportunity just in a moment to take a look at, at those videos. And then I'll just share some things just in conclusion on this this morning. And I really wanna bring home to us the value that God places on us and our lives. It's way more than we could imagine. And so I wanna enlighten us this morning, show some scripture and just show you the value that God places on you and on me this morning. Lord, I pray, I thank you that we're here today. God, and we are here by your divine providence, God, and you, you've planned that each one of us that are here, that we're here today. And so let our hearts be open Lord, for what you want to do in us and through us, God, because your blessings don't just stop in us, but God, the plan is that your blessings flow through us, and let us be channels, let us be vessels, let us be wells of a river of water, an abundance of overflowing of what you put in us that would flow unto those around us, God, and we thank you, God, for this time that we get to spend together in Jesus' name, amen. So, Christian, if we could go ahead and just start with the, the first uh, set there. Hi, this is Pastor Steve. I'm sitting here with Nyla, and we're just talking about personal adversity. And Nyla's going to talk to us just a little bit about some adversity that she's been through personally and some other aspects to that. I would have to say that was um, the death of my youngest child. Um, she was just 19 years old. And um, she had just had a baby a few days, um, like 10 days earlier. I had gotten to spend 10 weeks with her in the process, helping her to not deliver early mm. in her pregnancy. So I went and stayed with her. And then she had Josephine, Rebecca, and I got to stay a week. And I'd been praying that I could get home by that time because my son was graduating 
from college and getting commissioned in the Air Force that next weekend, and I got home in time. By the time I got home and before his weekend, I got the phone call that she had died, and uh, I was I was stunned, but yet I I wasn't. Hmm. I just um, God just had been preparing me in the process of the autopsies and stuff. Um, they never could find any cause, hmm. and they tested for 90 days. You know, kept tissues and stuff, and still never found any cause. Hi, this is Pastor Steve. I'm here with Peter, and today we're talking about rising above adversity. Peter, today I'm just asking you, give me uh, maybe a story a little bit about some adversity that you've risen above. Well, I was born into a, a very legalistic um, cult masquerading as a Christian church. I watched it destroy my family and all of my friends' families, and as a result, since all of that was done in the Lord's name, uh, I held it all against the Lord. And my whole life up until about the age of 28, uh, I was very bitter. I hated everything. I hated everyone. Every moment of my life, I cursed my parents for giving birth to me mm. as I had no choice. With the genetics I was given or the life that I was put into, and I hated them for that. Mm. And I hated just every moment of my life, and I really, really despised the Lord. I eventually came to a place in my life where I had exhausted every option that I could. I had tried everything. All of my intelligence had came to nothing. There was, you know, clinical happiness, you know, release of endorphins. But without joy, clinical happiness is it's useless. There is no meaning to it. You may have brief satisfaction, but satisfaction without joy just doesn't carry any worth. Hi, this is Pastor Steve. I'm sitting here today with Keith, and we're just talking about rising up above adversity. And Keith, tell me just a little bit of maybe adversity that you've been through that you were able to rise above. Well, um, Mary and I having past issues, you know. One day, one of my daughters, Crystal, asked me, how did you fall out of love with Mom? And I think... Uh, I think the answer is that I focus too much on the the faults and negatives in the relationship and things that that uh, annoyed me and trying to I guess in a way I was thinking how to change her and the things that she did and instead of the things you know where I could change. So that's the, the first segment, and uh, as probably all of you have your different various adversities that you go through in life and deal with, and we're all human beings that, that are, are touched in many ways in our life, and things affect us differently. You hear there, excuse me, three really totally different stories of adversity, and the uniqueness of each thing but we're going to see in the next segment, the, the following segment, some, some things that you'll, you'll find some themes that maybe run through these uh, because of who God is. And the thing about God and his desire for each one of us as we're going through these adversities, he's there to help us 
through those situations, to get through those. And as short or as long as they are, he's with us 100% of the time. He never leaves us, never forsakes us, never fails us. So we're going to watch the next segment on the next area of the keys, maybe the, each one of these. And you can be thinking in your own life of maybe some of your challenges and some things in, for your own uh, testimony as well. Uh, Christian, go ahead and show that. Well, because I wasn't with her, I'd already left and gone home when, it, when she actually died. I kept trying to see that in my mind. And for two or three days, I just kept trying to visualize it. And all of a sudden, walking into the kitchen, the Lord said, if I wanted you to see it, I'd have left you there. Hmm. And, and that settled it. I mean, okay. I knew it was for my best mm. that I not be there. Mm. And it just never even come to my mind again to wonder about it or anything. Mm -hmm. And so that, that was another place of peace and strength. Mm. Um, I know that there was a lot of strength and peace. Well, I mean, it, even, even when I hated him as a child, I watched him work through my mom. And there, there was times where, like one year, I mean, she put me through private school being a single mom working part-time. You know, the, the money was tight. And there was one year where about half of my tuition was completely unaccounted for. And I watched her pray for it. You know, not in front of me, but I, I knew that she, I, I watched her do it. And someone she had not seen in years came to the door one day and gave her the exact amount that she was missing. Here, the Lord told me to give this to you. I don't understand why. And it was like $7,000. Wow. How did I spend so much time hating him and denying him? I don't know. I've watched him move mountains my whole life. I prayed a lot, talked to the Holy Spirit a lot, and um, first drew myself back to him and um, started paying more attention to the Word and stuff. But the things that I already knew about the Word and um, started refocusing my, my thoughts on what brought Mary and I together in the first place. What, what attracted me to her, what, what things about her that I liked. And I started focusing more on that. Started thinking about the things that people say about her, the things that I've said about her. And started really paying more attention to that and not the things that bothered me. So there you see just uh, kind of briefly some transition you're seeing where each one of these, they're, they're part of what is unique and, and good is their direction towards their trust and faith in God. Because adversity and circumstances can drive people away from God, from His presence, and cause them to pull away. And we see that too often. And, and I believe that the key here is making sure that we run to him. And it says, as we draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. So we need to pursue that even greater. As there was just moments or times or things that happened in the lives of these three testimonies that just was a, helped them keep their faith in God. So the last section just on kind of areas that, that they saw where they were able to grow from their adversity? Just knowing that God was there. Um, at one point, I, I knew that I wasn't 
doing this by myself, and I knew that God was carrying me. I could feel him mm -hmm. holding me in his arms. Mm -hmm. And about that time, he sat me down and my toes drug in the sand, and he picked me back up. Mm -hmm. And I knew he was still carrying me. And then some time later, I realized I was walking by myself again. A few months um, down the road in a Bible study that I attend, the teacher asked us, what are you grateful for or thankful for? And <laughs> that moment I was thankful that I wasn't the first one to have to answer. I, I could think about what I was thankful for. And uh, I, I was thankful for where I was at with God. Mm. And as I said that, I realized I was, at that point, that relationship with God was because she had died. I wasn't glad she had died, but I couldn't um, have been well, where I was with God, mm. except that I had gone through that. Wow. In the last seven years, I learned what joy was. Mm. And joy does not... You don't have to be happy to be, have joy. I mean, you can be in the deepest pits of misery and still have joy. Interesting. Even in the hardest times where I'm, I know I'm being tested, you know, there's the devil is coming upon me or just life circumstances, it doesn't really matter. We go through hard times. But I can see the hand of God working through that, taking that bad circumstance, building positive character in my life being a shoulder to cry on, mm. being just comfort and wisdom when I need it. Mm. And that alone, that is, you can count that as joy in the misery. It gives you peace in the storm. I mean, the, the scriptures aren't lying. Mm. Very good. God showed me things that I needed to change in me instead of trying to change in her. And one of those things was, again, focusing more toward God and putting him first, but then putting her first in our relationship and remembering back on the things that drew us together in the first place, the things that when I wrote my vows to her, what, what I wrote and why I wrote it and um, what built our relationship in the first place, the things that not just the things on the outside, but the things on the inside, mm -hmm. the the big heart, the caringness, the the selflessness that she has, and and those are the things that I started focusing on, and I think that brought us, brought me closer to her, and brought us back to the point where we could talk about our relationship and where we're at and where we're headed. That's good. I don't want to thank the three of you for doing this, uh, Keith and Nyla and Peter. This, this is all of us. And, uh, you know, this also gives an opportunity to get to know each other. That's why a relationship is so important in the body of Christ. And knowing a little bit about each other. So often we just assume things about people and, you know, we maybe get upset at somebody and why did they do that or why did they respond that way or why, why are they acting that way? And we really don't know the background or the backdrop in, in how they got there, where they're at in their life. I think it's so important for us uh, that we don't, we're not judgmental, we're not doing those things, and, but we're, we're appreciating each other and supporting each other because we all have been through things. And so 
I believe each one of us today <clears throat> have a better uh, understanding of these three just in just a few minutes that you've probably never heard these things or wouldn't have heard from them uh, otherwise. And so it helps us in our conversations with each other. And so I think it's so, so good and so beautiful. Uh, so I want to just, in the next few minutes before we uh, go back to a time of worship, just wanted to share, again, just, I guess, a major key, what I see in, in adversity, in the process, and the importance, just the fact of understanding who we are in Christ. That is so important, understanding who we are in Christ. And as I begin to think about that, and my mind began to go back to the beginning when God created everything, I was thinking about, okay, so the question then is, why did God create the universe, the planets, Earth, oh, just the massive, I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond comprehension what he created. So the question then is, why did God create all of that? Anybody have any idea why God created the world, the universe, the earth? He created it for us. That's the whole reason he created it for you and I and all, all human life. He created it for us. What does that mean? That means he placed a really big value on us. We are top priority. We get top billing in his life. Absolute, beyond any measure, anything else. The relationship that he has with us, it supersedes anything. Because you think about it. A God who creates this massive universe, which is cool, but he created it because he was about to create the greatest thing ever, which was mankind, human beings, because, why? Because he wanted to have relationship with us. He wanted to have relationship with us, with his creation. You cannot shortchange the value of your life to God. You can't limit it. You can't minimize it. And the value of your life to those around. First John, or excuse me, John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Are you a child of God today? You had that right the moment you were birthed into his kingdom. We're children of God. We are his creation. Think of that. So when we're going through adversity, do you think he cares more about the other stuff around us or does he care about us? He cares about us. We, we are his priority. He loves us. Unconditional. It's just crazy how much love he has for us. And after the fall of man, he had already had a plan for a Messiah to come in the form of Jesus Christ, to come to this earth for one reason and one reason only, to obtain for himself a bride. It's called the church. We are his bride. He came to earth to go through that process to die so that we could be forgiven our sin and we could become uniquely joined with him in intimate relationship with our creator. We are the bride of Christ. If you think about all, everything comes down to, and you can look at yourself and, so, and, and say, it was all because of me. He did it for you. He did it for all of us. We're the redeemed people. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. 
Even before he made the world. Okay, we just talked about the world he, he made, right? Even before he made it, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Before he made the world, he already had us in mind. He had you in mind. I, I can't comprehend that. He thought of the end product before he created the first part of it. It's like with the end in mind, I'm doing this. I, I'm creating this world because I already have Hal in mind. I have Nyla in mind. I have Keith and I have Peter and I have all of you. I've, I've, I've got you in mind. So I'm creating this world, this universe, this earth for your enjoyment temporarily. But really what he's looking forward to is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle, a bride, the church, that he can spend eternity with. For him, this is just a little blip on the map. For us, we think that our life here on earth is all everything that it is. And this is everything. And this is what we get. We better live, you know, we better do what we need to do for the few years we have in here. And his whole thought process is, I can't wait to spend eternity with them. I'm going to give them time on earth and they're going to learn things and go through stuff. But there's eternity. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. This is a good section of scripture here. It really boils down to just amazing. He is amazing. His grace, his kindness. In the midst of our adversity, are we acting or living our lives with the understanding that we are the sole reason that Jesus did all of this? When you're in the midst of your adversity, think of that. God, I, I guess I'm, I'm, import, I'm that important to you. You value me that much. If you haven't noticed in society, there's a real strong push to devalue life, whether it's from the moment of conception or when people get older. We've we got to look to get rid of the inconvenience on either end. For people see it as inconvenience. That's obviously not God's heart at all. God's not the one that is doing this. The enemy that's trying to destroy, destroy, bring destruction. He's come to give us life, abundant life. And we need to take a hold of that and value that and understand the value he's placed on each one of our lives. Jesus had to enter the stream of life here on earth in order to create what is referred to as the bride of Christ. He came to earth. He, he gave his life. It was birthed. We could become his bride. And he wants us to have ownership in his kingdom. He's designed it that way, to have ownership in his kingdom. As his bride, we have that inheritance. We're in. We're in like Flynn. <laughs> Maybe you remember that one. It helps. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 29. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows your needs. Here's the key for all of us right here. This verse, verse 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. When we're in adversity, what do we do? We usually seek all the other things. 
How do I get out of this? How do I fix this? How am I going to do this? What's going to happen? God, what are you doing? You're not there. I need you. Where are you? He said, oh, stop. Seek me. Seek me above all else, above everything. And he's going to give us the things we need. Now, he may not give us the things we think we need. He gives us what he knows we need. Because his will is going to hopefully supersede our will, especially if we're submitted to that. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Look at that. He's happy. The kingdom is yours. It's yours. The kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Happiness. All of these things. Peter alluded to joy. I loved what he said about you could be unhappy but still have joy. Because there's something Peter learned when it says, the word says, count it all joy. He learned it. He lived it. He understands it. Because in our own mind, we think, how can that be? When I'm going through this stuff, how can it be joyful? Ephesians 2, 19 and 20 through 21. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And we sing this morning, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, in him, in him, in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Carefully joined in him. We're not, we're not connected on the outside. We're not a wagon that's hooked up to the back of him just flying around as he's going around the corners and we're just trying to hang on for dear life. We're in him. We are in Christ, cornerstone. It's great to be connected to the cornerstone. Because whatever stone I've tried to create, it just breaks into pieces. He is a solid rock. We can count on him in the midst of our adversity. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. He's given us everything. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. He's called us. He's named us. He's adopted us. We're, we're, we're his family. We're in him. There's everything, all the words that you could try to describe and use of who he is and who we are in him, he lays it out very clearly for us. And I think about the one area that gets talked about a lot but probably is activated the least in, in Christian life for, for a lot of people is the area of prayer. For whatever reason, that's one of the number one targets the enemy loves to come after us. If I can just keep them from praying. Why is prayer so important but yet we don't see the value of it in the sense of, well, that's just kind of wasting my time. I just need God to do this. I don't need to spend the time praying. We have that thought process because the enemy has sneak, snuck into our life and tried to tell us that prayer's really not that important. And he'll tell us, well, if God really loved you or really cared, he would do this stuff. He would, he would fix this stuff for you. Hmm. You know, prayer is not God's primary way of getting things done. I'll, I'll say that. Prayer is not God's way of pri primary way of getting things done. But I believe prayer is God's way of giving the church the opportunity to pursue and overcome the forces of darkness. For us, prayer is getting a hold of God, talking to him. It's relational. It's relationship. And when we begin to talk to him, he begins to lean in. 
He begins, he, he's hearing, his ears at, at attention, attentive. He's waiting for us. He already has the answers, but he's waiting for us to connect with what he's, his plan is for us. And if we can connect in that relationship, in that prayer. See, don't forget, again, prayer is that communication tool because if he created everything for you and his whole purpose for everything that's around us is for you, and he created us to have a relationship and he created us to have a bride that he was going to be excited about, then wouldn't you think he would want us to communicate with him a little bit? If you have a friend or a spouse or somebody close to you and they never talk to you ever, do you think, well, I'm not sure that they really care that much about me? God's saying, I, I, just, I just want to have relationship. So he gets excited when we talk to him. He gets excited about it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And it makes him even that more excited about giving us the things that we're praying for, his will. How much more, it says, that he wants to give us good gifts as parents give gifts to their children. How much more does God want to do these things for us? He's just waiting for us, this, this prayer connection that we have. We need to fully understand, again, our position in Christ I talked about earlier when we're going through adversity. That's really helping us understand to get through it. Matthew chapter 9 Verse 37 and 38, he said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Why would we have to pray to him when he already is in charge of everything and he doesn't need us? He can do it. But over and over in Scripture, it talks about us praying and seeking and asking. And ask him to send more workers into his field. There's something about prayer. And the thing that got me in reading through the life of Jesus he escaped into prayer many times. He, he slipped away. He got into prayer. If Jesus needed to be refreshed, if he needed to talk to his father, how much more do we need it? I think he's the son of God. Why would he need prayer? Why would he need to, to have that? That's the importance he's placing on that relationship and, and the refreshing that he received from that time with his father. Don't ever think that when we're taking a few minutes out of our day to pray that it's a waste of time. It's not. And don't buy into the people that tell you there's no reason to pray because God's already got it already under, you know, figured out, so there's no reason to pray. That, that's contradicting the scriptures. So we need to, you know, and you might say, well, I prayed last time and God didn't do this or he didn't fix it or he didn't get, come through for me. Well, how do you know? He didn't do it the way you thought and thought that it should be done. Maybe he did it the way his will in the big picture in this whole scheme of life. And your life's not over yet, so you don't know the ultimate outcome of what that is anyway. Because we have a pretty good idea what God, we want God to do for us and how he should do it. Yep, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. That doesn't mean you have to pray to drink a glass of water during the day. But there's this, that mindset, though, of during your day, just, Lord, what are you thinking? Lord, what do, you, what do I do? Where am I at? What? God, what are your thoughts for me today? He loves that interaction. And that's why I think when I, when I read the scripture that talks about, you know, to always be praying, it's a mindset. It's a thought process. It's not that you're stopping everything you do all day and just pray, 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 pray. It's just throughout the day, there's things that you're just communicating. And that, that, that would be considered that. And it's a relationship building. Jesus commands us to pray. And he said, Lord, send, send the workers in the field. 
with his power, of course, he could have done all that. He didn't need our prayer. He could do it with all our prayers, but he chooses it and he moves based upon our prayers. It's interesting because he wants to partner with us. He wants us to, he wants us to be a part of the glory uh, and this part of the excitement of its faith building. When we pray and we see God do something, you're going, wow, God, this is cool. And it builds our faith. And it helps us feel like we're a part of this. We're a part of his family. John 20, 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We are his delegates sent with full authority, full blessing to enforce through prayer his will. It, what he's what. We're sent out. He said, I'm sending you. He sent us to be a voice, especially in this time of darkness in our, in our world. And then even praise. I think of prayer and then I think of praise. Praise takes things just to another level. You think about the different aspects, even a higher level, because it's a spark that increases our faith when we begin to praise. We begin to thank him. There, there's a praise and there's a glorifying God. There's a exalting him. All of these things, it begins to change that mindset that we have. And it begins to shift things into this element of get off of our thoughts about ourselves and put our thoughts on him. Put our thoughts on him. And we begin to exalt him. We begin to praise him. Because for me, a lot of times, I just have, I, it's important for me to start doing that. If I start off with that in my prayer, because my, my focus is on my adversity, and I can get kind of mired in that. But if I start off intentionally praising him, thanking him, I begin to see him work behind the scenes on this other stuff that I'm just too focused on. And, he, and, he, and he's good at that. And praise and worship, which we're going to do a little bit here in a few moments, it really gets into this heightened awareness of who God is for us. There, there's something that happens. You, you see people that get... Uh, emotional at times in worship and I do and not everybody does and I'm not saying that if you don't get emotional that you're not spiritual that's not it at all I'm just saying that there's something though that can cause an emotion to stir when you have a relationship with somebody and there's something good that's happening and you're sensing and you're feeling and there's something going on it stirs emotion but if we don't have that relationship with God it's hard to find that emotion so we, if we're practicing that each day and we're living in that there's emotions that stir within us. And as we worship, there, there's things that, that begin to stir because of our, our love for him. When we love somebody, it, it, it stirs emotion. We begin to rise above the doubt and the discouragement when we're tuned into his presence. We rise above the adversity. We begin to, you know, we get into that place sometimes where we just feel like, man, I just can't. Things are just going so bad for me. Things are falling apart. I tell you what, try this. And I'm not saying this 100% of the time is the answer, but I, I would say a lot of time, it helps so much. And I've talked to different people, and I ask people these, this question from time to time. I said, hey, when you get into that place of you're just down or you're in a funk or you're just not feeling good or your adversity is just weighing on you, I said, I've tried this, and it works for me. What about you? And I would ask you this question. You don't need to respond now, but if you're at home, and you put on some worship music, and you sit in your chair or lay on your bed or whatever and begin to worship, begin to listen, begin to allow that. Something changes in the atmosphere. Something begins to happen, and all of a sudden, whew, wow, thank you, Lord, that you're beginning to take that weight. Um, there's something about 
what he does for us when we get in relationship with him in the midst of our adversity and we can begin to worship him. We rise above those things. I'm gonna ask the worship team if you wanna prepare to come. There's, I just wanna give you really quick before we transition into the worship time here, but just seven practical responses to adversity that I'm gonna list out really quick. And these are just practical things that will help us when we're going through adversity. Number one, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. Number two, live one day at a time. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow's problems. They're, they're enough for themselves. But God will give you your sustenance for today, to get through today. Live one day at a time. Number three, find support. Find somebody. Find somebody that can be an encouragement to you, that can help you through that difficult time. Number four, Remain optimistic, which is probably one of the hardest things to do. Remain optimistic. But I believe that God's heart is for us to see the good and to say, Lord, I know you're allowing this to happen. Don't let the enemy steal and tell you that it's your fault or, you know, whatever the blame. But remain, remain optimistic about the things of God, what his word says. Number five get involved in something that's another thing so many times we pull away and we we, we uh, get out of the things that really would had value in our life we pull back from those things get involved in something where you can give yourself knowing God's given you gifts even if it's the smallest thing number six keep your faith in God and look for a greater purpose What's the purpose, God? There's a greater purpose in what I'm going through, what I'm having to deal with right now. There's a greater purpose. God, is it for me? Is it for somebody else? God, you're using this. You're allowing this to happen for a greater purpose, a greater reason, and I trust you in it. And number seven, seek to add value to others. Seek to add value to others. If we can always be looking beyond ourselves, because that's so many times we get so consumed and so focused on ourselves. But there's somebody sitting across the room for you. There's a, there's a Peter, there's an Isla, there's a Keith. There's somebody who may be going through adversity too that simply, if you said, hey, I just want to, I haven't talked to you in a while. I just want to encourage you. I just want to say hi. Whatever it is, there's value that you're adding even in the midst of your adversity. And it's incredible what God can do through those things. Just, just some, some quick things there. So what we're going to do this morning, and we're going to sing a couple of more songs, and just these songs are really focused on kind of what we've been talking about. The altar is, is absolutely open, available. If anybody wants to come up, you want to kneel, you want to come stand or right where you're at, whatever. But I, I really feel it's for us to begin to engage with the creator of the universe, the one who created us. He created the universe for us wants to have relationship with us and I believe today is just another step either progressing for you or maybe this is the first time for you to to engage in worship and engage in talking to him but let's just whatever however God wants to move in this time just just between you and the Lord and just just focus on that let him speak to you today he he he, he does talk to us he loves us so Heather and team, if you would lead us in, let's stand. And certainly you're, you're welcome to, to be free to, to use the facility as you see fit. 
Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 